let's get in our Bibles. This is where we really going to want to go this morning and ask the Lord to speak. Amen. As we open up the Bibles, we're going to first go to, um, we're going to study out the book of Proverbs, which should be no surprise since I just made an announcement about reading the book of Proverbs. And then we're going to land on some other scriptures out of the uh, Gospels. Let's pray. Lord, help me to speak the word this morning. As we dive into the word, Lord God, I pray that our, our, our minds and our hearts would just be ready to receive and all the other things that are going on in our worlds would just stop. Just for a moment. That we can meditate and think about what you are trying to say to us, leading us, guiding us in life. We can receive it today and, and have things planted into our lives. We pray this, help me to speak the word that you would have me speak to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, book of Proverbs. So I was kind of trying to think about what's a good title for my message this morning. And I was thinking of things like Get Smart, the old TV show. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom. King Solomon wrote this, like Get Smart, or I thought of calling it Wise Up. Or maybe ancient wisdom that still applies today, but that one's kind of long. So I just made it very simple. Proverbs, the path to wisdom. Proverbs, the path to wisdom. If, if we look into the life, of course, in the New Testament, the focus of the New Testament obviously is on Jesus. He is the message. Throughout the whole Bible, really, the message is of Jesus to the cross and then after the cross. You know, he was there all along. Um, and how many know that Jesus wants us to have an abundant life, right? Um, not a miserable life, not a mediocre life, but an abundant life. Not just a getting by. I don't think that's a good way to live. Like, I'm just getting by. But he wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to have a great life. I love what Psalms, the Psalms says in, in chapter 146 it says, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose help is, I'm sorry, whose hope is in the, in the Lord God. Amen? Happiest person, whoever makes God the center of their life. That, that scripture says, the person who makes God the center of their life is a person who will find happiness. And not happiness found in things of this world, but you'll have a hope in God. And that's wisdom, right? So Psalms is also giving us kind of the same tone that Proverbs gives us of this wisdom. The word happy comes from the word happenings. And, and, and like you ever ask somebody like, what's happening? Ever heard somebody say that? Like, what's happening? Or how are you doing? What do most people respond? Fine. I'm okay. But as a believer, we can say I'm doing good because my hope is in God. Amen. I'm happy with, with my place. And I think there's something very uh, uh, powerful about believers. Thank you, Willis. He's a good man right there. <laughs> a man after my own. He just made me happy. Ah, it's a little dry there. But the word happy comes from happenings. And, and, and it's, it's something that we can, we can find our, our foundation. It's not, it's not something that we... We fashion or we, we, we make up. I'm just, I, I'm happy because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean, I mean, if you walk around with a smile on your face all day, hey, that's awesome. But how many know sometimes you might not have a smile all the time plastered on your face, but you're content. You have hope and you're, you're still happy in life. So happy is the man who 
has God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord. Now, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 15. And, and actually, if you turn to Proverbs 15, I'm going to have you hold that spot in Proverbs Proverbs 15. And as you saw in the title, whenever you hear the word Proverbs, we're always talking about wisdom. That's the theme of Proverbs is wisdom. And we need a dose of wisdom right now in our country. Amen. We all need a dose of more wisdom, making wise decisions, making wise choices. Each and every one of you will be probably already today. You've been You've been challenged with some decisions. You're going to have more decisions to make today. The question is, will you make the wise decision, the godly decision? And I think it's something that's true. As we read the book of Proverbs over those 31 days, it's almost impossible not to grow spiritually, to grow in your walk with the Lord and not, and without reading those. I mean, if you read them, you will find great instruction to life, great antidotes of wisdom. Proverbs 15 is where we'll go. And I, I, let me say this too. How many of you know just because you're smart doesn't mean you're wise? <laughs> There's a lot of smart people who make very unwise decisions. You don't have to read a whole lot or, or see a whole lot on TV to know. There's people that are smart that make unwise decisions. And I've met people that don't necessarily have the most education, but they are extremely wise with what they have. Wisdom. All right. Uh, let me give you an example of wisdom. So what is wisdom? Let me give you an example. Guys, here's an example of wisdom. It would be wise to treat your wife better. Amen. How I many? That's wisdom, right? It would be wise to do that. It would be wise to buy her flowers occasionally. It would be wise to speak kindly. It would be wise to. Okay, so we understand these things. Other examples of wisdom. Wisdom is you learn to know who to take advice from, or who to listen to. That's, that's, a person who is unwise will listen to anything and everything or read everything on, on any type of social media or internet and believe whatever they see. Wisdom is when you learn to, to listen to certain voices in your life, to know who you can trust. Uh, wisdom is also being able to know the, the, uh, the temperature or, or, the, or the atmosphere of a situation, meaning like you, you just kind of have a wisdom to say, this is probably not a right thing for me to do or to be involved in, right? So you start having wisdom, discernment in that area. Um, wisdom is the ability to recognize. It's not necessarily the, the, the ability to learn. Anybody can learn. Wisdom is the ability to recognize something, amen? And how many know, there's, there's a wisdom in recognizing when the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something or to not do something, amen? That's wisdom. Like, like a wise person would, would be in a situation and say, you know what, my spirit doesn't feel right in this. An unwise person will say, ah, you only live once. That's not wise, is it? No, that's foolish, foolishness. Uh, well, when we were living in Pennsylvania years ago, it's been a while now, uh, Darby was just a little, little curly-haired girl right back then, and she still is curly-haired, but <laughs> she's grown up now. Uh, she was playing soccer, indoor soccer, and uh, it was, it was uh, uh, just a regular practice, so I dropped her off 
for, for practice, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to run down the street and get a, get a coffee. If you've ever been to Western Pennsylvania, there is no flat road. They're all curvy and hilly. And so um, I, I noticed it was starting to, to drizzle a little bit. And as I was driving to get my coffee after dropping her off of practice, I, I started to slide off the road, and off the side of the road was a large uh, drop-off. I mean, it probably a couple hundred feet at least down into the river. Um, and so my car actually went off the side of the hill. And you know those, those metal, there's probably a, a name for it. It's like a guardrail, but they're like ropes, right? Uh, and, and that's what that was there. There's like two of them. My front tire got hooked up on that, on that metal rope, or I know there's a better word for it, Willis, but <laughs> cable. Thank you so much. It's a cable. Wow, that wasn't very hard to find that, but it was lost somewhere back here. And my front tire got wrapped around that cable, and I was literally like this, hanging off the side of the hill. And I was so thankful that some engineer said, let's put a cable here. <laughs> somebody was very wise to think that there might be somebody, somebody coming around this corner, right, down the hill, around the corner that would hit ice, and, I, and that was me. I'm the one. I slid off the road. But thankfully, that one cable kept my car from going down a, a very tall, a very uh, steep cliff there. And it was very wise for someone to do that. You know, wisdom is like that. Wisdom gives us guardrails in life, doesn't it? You know, like God's word, it, it, what it does, it gives us parameters. It, it gives us guardrails. So sometimes in life, we might slide. We might hit something that we don't see coming. But thank the Lord that with wisdom, right, if we've made wise decisions uh, and we are in God's word, it will keep us from going down those steep places. That's wisdom. So we're going to hold our spot there in Proverbs 15, but we're going to go to John 15. I, I'm going I'm to switch that up a little bit. John 15. And this is, this is a, a portion of scripture about uh, bearing fruit. God, that God will prune that thing or that, that, well, in this story, that thing that doesn't produce fruit. And, and, and he prunes also things that produce fruit, that bear fruit, but do not reach their potential. So what's the goal? John 15. It says that you would bear, what, much fruit. Say that with me. That you would bear, say, I would bear much fruit. Not just, like I talked about, like, as a Christian, I don't want to just live a mediocre life, just getting by, just doing enough, but I want to bear much fruit in my life with Jesus Christ, amen? I don't want mediocre. There's, there's no such thing, in my opinion, in my book, as, like, mediocre Christianity, Average Christianity. How many know that's just that's like an oxymoron? It just doesn't it just doesn't work. It's like anything that has to do with God is blessed. He wants us to have an abundant life. Amen. Happy is the man who makes God his his source of trust and hope. You would bear much fruit, and this glorifies my Father. And catch this next part says that your fruit would remain. That you would bear much fruit, and this glorifies my Father, that your fruit would remain. See, God is always in the process of trying to cut things out of our life. <laughs> things that shouldn't be growing there. 
things that don't belong there. Uh, this, it just never stops. He's constantly, and we need to be in a position of allowing him to do this. Things that, that are trying to stop us from reaching our destiny. Even how many know our church has a destiny? Your family has a destiny. Your life has a destiny. I even believe our nation has a destiny, right? How many know the enemy wants to stop what God is trying to do? And sometimes we, we get in our own way. And, and I want to, how many, how many just say, I don't want to see a blessing come and go in my life? <laughs> like, I want to live in an abundant life of blessing. I want God to bless me so that I can bless others, right? I just want to be like, Lord, I want to live this life, God, where you bless me. And I just don't hold it, but I want new fruit to be produced in my life. I want to be someone who's also blessing others. And, and, and I'm tired sometimes of seeing the blessing that comes and go in our lives. It's what the psalmist said to David. I mean, David, the psalmist said in, in 23, he said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me for how long? All the days of my life. Not just, like, not just for a season, not just for the first five years I'm saved, but all the days of my life. Surely, surely would goodness and mercy follow me. It's time we move into a place of sustained blessing, Right? You know, you think of the life of like Billy Graham. What, what do you think of Billy Graham? You think of consistency, right? Sustained blessing. When I think of this church, you know, this church, we're getting close to 75 years. That's a long time for God to sustain a blessing so that we can keep our doors open. Amen? And we give praises. We sing praises to your name for that. Amen? I love, I see families now. I see you. There are many people in this church. Like your family, when you grew up, you're like, my family wasn't so great. Uh, this happened and this happened. But I'm starting something new. There's going to be sustained blessing for my children and my grandchildren and so on. Amen. And I'm going to speak that and believe that, that there's going to be sustained blessing over me. How about your marriage? Anybody in this room been married really short? <laughs> How about really long? Some of you are like, yeah, okay, some of us can admit that too. For those who have been married many years, right? How many know, I, there's this thing like, I pray sustained blessing over those marriages and for the new marriages, sustained blessing, right? Yeah. Happiness, wisdom. Now, finally, we're going to go to Proverbs 15, where I told you to go at the beginning. Proverbs 15, verse 32, an amazing verse. And then we'll read Proverbs 24. Proverbs 15, verse 32 says, If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Correction is painful. I've had some people in my life, leaders who've had a graciously, sometimes it wasn't even so gracious, it's just very, you know, to the point, had to um, give me some discipline. And I had to learn to listen to correction to grow in understanding. And then Proverbs 24, verse 6 says this, So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. Now, what kind of advisors are we talking about? We're talking about advisors who are connected to God. Amen? Like, Don't go to war without first listening to others who have been there and done that. Take some advice from some people who have gone through some things. Like, if I have the right voices in my life, my chances for success have increased. Amen? Like, like one of the greatest things. Listen, if you are under the age of 18 years old right now, 
take this for what it is. Listen to people who have been there and done that. Amen? And now for me, I'm 40, what am I, 47 now, hallelujah. I, I, I'm still listening to people who have been there and done that. I want to surround myself because I want my chances for success to increase. And I can also learn from people who have said, I've been there, you need to, here's some, let me give you some wisdom, right? Let me give you some wisdom in this. And so Proverbs is packed of this. But back to chapter 15 now. Chapter 15, verse 22 says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Wow. Once again, we see this. If I increase the amount of counsel, godly counsel that I, I receive, it will also increase the level of success that I will have what God wants. And, and, and it can also decrease the amount of disappointments I have in my life because my hope is in the Lord. My hope is not in anything of this world. I mean, I'm thankful for things in this world that are put in place like retirement funds and 401ks. But how many of all those things can disappoint? The one thing that won't disappoint is God and his word. So if my hope, if I'm taking wise counsel in God's word, my hope will always be sustained because he never fails. And many times some people are very easily disappointed, right? Um, because they have expectations and their expectations are not always met. We've all probably said that. Like my expectation, you ever been somewhere to eat, like a, especially a fast food place, and the commercial makes it look like two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, tomatoes, on a sesame seed bun? And then you get that all beef patty, and you realize that beef patty is just a small little square with some funny looking cheese and you know how many ever been there before and you're like it doesn't look like the picture happens all the time and maybe in life you feel like your expectations weren't met maybe you feel like your expectations with god aren't being met see but our, our expectations with god are sometimes based on what we want and what we think god should do but how we know god's ways are higher than our ways my hope is in an eternal god right not just a god of 75 to 100 years but an eternal god who sees an eternal picture and then my happiness is not just based on what happens here on earth just because i didn't get 100 likes i only got 48 likes I mean, oh, then, then if my expectations are based on that kind of stuff, I will always be disappointed. But if I put my hope and trust in God and I, and I learn to find that wisdom, this path to wisdom, this path to wisdom, that's amazing. And so we tend to do the same thing and expect a different result. You know, I've, I've preached several messages over the years. Uh, it's been a while now, many years ago. But I preached out of the book of Ruth. I think it's one of the most uh, uh, fascinating stories. I love the story uh, of the life in the book of Ruth. And, 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 I, and I always wanted us to understand for Ruth to meet her Boaz. She had to move a long way. She had to listen to some wise advice. She had to move from being a beggar who lost everything. To the one who caught the attention of Boaz. She had to do this. And, and, and if you remember that the field that she once begged in, she would eventually be part owner with, with him. And, and the person who guided her along the way. Like she got wise counsel from another woman whose name was Naomi, right? 
And now she chose to listen to what Naomi was telling her, gave her some wise counsel. If you remember, um, um, Naomi was already a generation older than her. Uh, she, she sat her down and she's like, hey, listen to me. Let me tell you some things that you need to do. You're in a position, you're in this place, and let me give you some advice here. I want you to do everything I'm about ready to tell you. I mean, if we would just do what God's word tells us to do, our life would be a lot less complicated, wouldn't it? Oh, man, I I could tell you stories, and you could tell me stories of times I'm like, I knew what God wanted me. Like, it's that whole thing I talk about wisdom is knowing the situation and the atmosphere and when to speak and when not to speak. Have you ever said something and you re- immediately you're like, oh, I just put that back in my mouth. Ugh. I hope you've never sent something and been like, oh, if I could just take that back. We probably all have done things like that. And like, Lord, I want to have that, that ability to know and to have this, the Holy Spirit be my counsel or let God use somebody to speak to them to be our counsel. So here's Naomi and, and, and Ruth, and, and she told her one of the very first things she gave her for advice. Now, you might think, like, this, is this going to be like Dr. Phil kind of advice here? No, she said, here's what you need to do. First thing you need to do is to take a bath because you're a little bit stinky. If you want to catch the attention of Boaz, you need to take care of yourself. Like, how many know, sometimes it's simple like that. God's like, like we, we can come here to church and hear 15 different per- points to help my life and to do all these things. But what he's simply saying, sometimes we just need to ask the Holy Spirit to wash me of all this filth and all this dirt. Like, God, just wash me right now. Like, like I, I ever come into God's presence and you kind of feel a little bit, maybe you feel a little bit dirty. Like, like, I haven't done so well this week. Maybe on my way to church, I just like completely lost my cool or I said something I wish I could take back or, right? You're like, so we, the first thing we need to do is like, cleanse me, wash me. Like, that's one of the greatest things I can tell you in wise counsel is when you come to God. Like, we talked about it on Wednesday night when Isaiah, he was like, my, like, my lips are unclean, right? He, he was standing there saying, seeing heaven, hearing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he was like, I do not deserve to even stand here because I feel unclean. And you remember what happened. The angel came and they took the rock and they, and, they, and they touched him on the lips. And then he's like, what can I do for the king? What, I, use me. Here I am. Send me, right? Like, like, so the first thing that we need to do is come to God like, I need to be washed, cleansed right now. Cleanse my heart, right? Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. So Naomi said, Wash your face. (laughs) Basically, get everything that resembles your past off of your life. Like you've been a beggar, you've been working in the field, and now you have an opportunity to change your, your trajectory in life, right? What you need to do is wash your wash your face. Everything that looks like your past needs to go. And I think there are times in our life when we are, we've been washed by the blood of Jesus, amen? 
But we have a tendency sometimes to hold on to those things of the past that still influence our life. And, so, and we hear people, we hear sermons, we read the Bible. I mean, we're surrounded with wisdom, but sometimes we choose not to, to listen or we choose not to apply. It's like taking a, a shower and there's 15 bottles of shampoo in the shower and soaps, and every time you say, I refuse to wash my hair or, or wash my body. How many of sometimes you just got to get in and you got to scrub and you got to wash it? And so the Bible is full of this, these scriptures and proverbs of like wisdom. Like here it is. Here's some things to do that are wise. Naomi said, wash your face. Get everything that even looks or resembles your past. Get out of you. Wash yourself. Put on your best garment. You know, one of the things that Willis was hitting on this morning during worship was like the idea of our garment of praise. I mean, I don't wear a garment of like, uh, there's different things we do during the week, right? We, have, we work, we, we, we do uh, things with our family. But when I come into the presence of, of, of God in this corporate setting, and how many know he's always here? He's wherever we are, right? He's already here. When we walk in here, he's just like, and we put on our garment of praise, and we're like, thank you, Lord, for this day. Amen? Right. Put on your garment of praise. Bring your best offering to God. Give him your very best. This is great counsel. Ask him to create a clean heart. And then Ruth walked into her promise with Boaz. She took wise counsel. Why? Because she was willing to listen and follow the instructions of a godly mentor. I don't know how many of you in this room have a coach or a mentor in your life. If you don't, please seek someone out. Come, I'll help you find someone. I have, two, I have three right now, but I have two that I talk to almost on a weekly basis. Coaches and mentors in my life. People that will speak to me the hard truth. You know what I'm talking about? And, and so I, I call, I mean, almost on a weekly basis. I, one of the, I'll tell you who one of them are. His name is Tom Rupley. I call Tom almost, I bug him all the time. Tom, what, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? And so find somebody in your life. If you have nobody that you consider a godly mentor in your life, you're, you're missing an element that God wants for you. And Ruth had Naomi. Wise counsel. The book of Proverbs is that for us. God's like, I've given you these 31 chapters. Now read them. Amen? Probably many of you in this room have already done this before. Uh, this, uh, like a 31-day challenge of reading the book of Proverbs. But over and over and over again in the Bible, you'll see people who, who come in contact with other people who have been there and done that. You, you find the story of Elijah and Elisha. And, and I, it's almost comical to me. Well, how Elijah found Elisha. He was not in seminary. He was not in Bible school. He was probably not most, voted most likely to succeed. He might have been. We don't know, but it doesn't say so. But the Bible says that they were also in a field. And Elijah sees Elisha behind a, a, a bunch of ox. 12, matter of fact, all right, he, was, he was the one, he was behind the ox that were plowing. Elijah found Elisha working in the field when he was called. And, and you know, it's, I think it's kind of sometimes crazy. Sometimes we, we even do it ourselves. We do the same things over and over and over and over and over again, expecting something to, to be different. Um, 
It's amazing how many times I find people that do that in life. They, they live their life just the same pattern, the same pattern, the same pattern. Uh, but we, sometimes we have to kind of get outside of our own way of thinking and take advice from some other people who have said, listen, I've done that before. Let me, let me help you out here. And, and so here's Elisha behind these ox that are plowing. And I like to say, can you imagine every single day? That's what he did. He walked behind the ox. Same view. Same smells, same outcome, just over. But now I think there's something good about consistency and being faithful in that season. But God was calling him into something new. Like, like maybe some of us in this room, you've been very faithful in what you're doing. But I'm praying that God's going to take you and call you into something even greater. Amen? Like, like I, I, I can't tell you enough. I pray all the time, God, I want to go to new levels. I want, I want to see more people saved. I want to reach more people with the gospel. I don't know how that's going to happen, but just use me, amen? Use our church. Use our people to come in contact. So I guess I could say he was committed to mediocrity. And maybe there's people that your life is just kind of committed to mediocrity. And so... Elijah walks by and like literally kind of like throws the mantle on him. And how many know that's, that's kind of a summary. His life has changed forever. May God visit this church, amen, that just one time the anointing will fall on us in such a magnificent, powerful, amazing way that our lives would never, ever be the same. Like literally unrecognizable. Like, like there would be things, like, not only did, like, Ruth go and wash herself, like, she finally found her Boaz, I pray that there would be such an anointing that would fall on your life, that not only would you be unrecognizable, but all the, the filth and the things that have been trying to find its way back into your life, gone forever, amen? I, I mean, there's such a freedom in that. I mean, there's such a freedom when you can just say, I walked away from that, Amen? Walked away from that mediocrity. May God visit this church that we'll never be the same again. May we never commit to doing the same thing, the same way, the same tone every time. Amen. Lord, would you just show us even greater things? How many know greater things are yet to come? Greater things in your family, in your marriage, in your... Just, Lord, I just pray like greater things. I don't want to just kind of... Status quo is not really good. 90% 90% of our churches in America are either in decline or plateaued. I want to be in that 10% that are growing, are growing, amen? All right. Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha, and here's where the training began. Now, it would have been great if you had been like, good, you go. Here you go. Here's this. Now go do ministry. How I many of it doesn't always work like that? Wisdom isn't always like, here's the device, now go do it. No, sometimes there's actual labor involved. You have to prove yourself. You have to train up, right? So there's a season that comes, and, and Elijah, like, it's, it's almost comical to me. Like, he's like, stay here. Every time Elijah goes somewhere, he's like, Elisha, you stay. <laughs> and Elisha's like, I want to go. <laughs> Don't leave me. It's like, it's like your cute little dog or your little, right? Oh, please take me, please take me, Right? And so, and so that's what happened. He's training Elisha. And he says, okay, you do what I tell you to do and learn and watch. And the first assignment that he gives him to do is, it's not real glamorous. 
he's like, I want you to pour water on my hands. <laughs> I mean, he's probably like, I, I, want, I want to do so much more. You, no, pour water on my hands. Be faithful in this. How many of those are process? Amen. For, for us as, as Christians and even as a church, there's a season sometimes that's just like, be faithful in where you're at, believing for greater things, but God will do it in his own timing, amen? But until that time comes, let's be faithful in what God has given us. What has God given you? Well, first of all, your life. Like, what offering are you giving God with your life? Like, in worship and in, in giving and in serving. Like, that's what God is giving you right now. He's like, show me that you're going to do some things with your life first, and then I will bring an abundance of blessing in your life. Amen? Lord, I, I, I want to I be faithful even in the small things. Some of the greatest pastors I know in, in our district, it's called the Great Lakes District of Open Bible. Um, well, I have, there's 32 pastors that I pastor. Um, some of you might know that, but I literally pastor pastors. And so I have 32 pastors right now in my district. Most of my pastors are younger than me, which is kind of scary and uh, troubling. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I guess I am getting a little bit older. And I was comparing gray beards today with with Pastor Jeff, and we were looking at how gray we're getting. And, and I have these younger pastors. Well, I have one pastor in particular in my district who's older than me. Praise God. Pastor Ralph Myers. My dad knows Pastor Ralph. Pastor Ralph has been in a, a, this church in Sherwood, Ohio, pastoring this church for 50 years. I would have stopped a long time ago because this church is very, very small. Pastor George and Bertha. I, I said Myers. Pastor George and Bertha. Um, some of you might know the alleys. And he's been there faithfully for all these years. About a year ago, he called me up. He goes, Pastor Pete, i got to share something with you. I'm like, what? He goes, we've had a revival hit our church. I'm like, hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what he's going to say. And I thought he's going to say, we've reached all the senior citizens. Because, you know, my mind is like, he's older. He's like, we have had a revival in our youth ministry. We went from like five kids to 30 kids in a year. I was like, hallelujah, you're never too old, amen? And, and so I look at someone like this pastor, and, I, and even though he doesn't have the large television ministry, I learned a lot from his faithfulness. He's been faithful, and he's never stopped saying, well, this is just who we're going to be. This is mediocre. He's still praying for revival to hit his young people. Guess who the youth pastor is? Pastor Ralph. How would you like to have a 75-year-old youth pastor? <laughs> Amen. Harley, get ready. You could be our next youth pastor. He's in training. I mean, we're waiting until you hit 100, which is close. This guy is amazing. All right. All right. I'm going to close here in just a few moments. I want to read a few other verses. Philippians 1, 6. And I pray today you just be blessed and, and just know that God is for us. And we can do what Philippians 1, 6 says. It says, being confident of this very thing. He who has what? Begun a... It's a good work. There's a good work in you. Each and every one of you, there's a good work that started. Harley, you've been saved a long time. Carter, you're a new Christian here. I led you to the Lord not too long ago. How many know there's a good work in each and every one of you, no matter how long you've been saved? 
no matter what road you've been down. Some of you have been down some windy roads. And maybe some of you are on a road like I was on in life, and you were like, I almost fell off that cliff too, Pastor. I made some unwise decisions. But thank the Lord for those cables, for those guardrails. Amen? Aren't you thankful that God gives us some guardrails and parameters? As a believer, we w- there are times you might slide off course, but you're like, oh, I'm so glad that guardrail was there. God's there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Amen. Being confident of this thing that he has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Like, like putting your future into God's hands. I mean, it's probably one of the greatest decisions all of us in this room can say. The day that I gave my heart to Jesus Christ was the best decision I ever made. I put my future in God's hands. I learned to trust him with my relationships, with my family, with my decision-making, with my business, or if you have a business or your children, just saying, God, I trust you in this. Like, like I'm giving you my life wisdom. You all made a very wise choice when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. So you can just kind of pat yourself on the back and be like, I made a good choice there. (laughs) How many know it's the only choice? It's the only way. I can't imagine not waking up and not knowing that my hope is in Jesus. I can't imagine what it would be. Let me ask, do you personally know the people that put these beams up in this church? I mean, does anybody here, I don't think anybody in this room knows anyone from, maybe you do. The name of the company was Morton Buildings. They, they put the beams up, like there are beams holding this roof over our heads. And how many know we trust people that we've never met that these beams will hold this ceiling up? Or, or right, like right now, we're trusting that all this, this building is going to stay up. Let me, um, parents, how many of us have ever sent our kids off to school and we just like, I trust you with my kids for the next six to eight hours? How many know there's a level of trust there? I mean, there's a lot of trust. For us, my four daughters, they've, they've been in public school their whole life. I've, have, I've given a lot of my trust to teachers who, who, who you know, I pray are doing their, their due diligence. Um, you ever think about, like, your car? I don't stand there and watch my mechanic. I, I, I just say, here's my car. I'm trusting that you're going to tell me what's wrong with it, right? And I'm trusting it's really what needs to be fixed. There's a level of trust there. Um, have you ever given credit card information over the phone? I hope not, but, or, or the internet. We probably all have given credit card information to order something. How many know there's, there's a level of trust there, right? Like here's some numbers that I really shouldn't be sharing, but here you go. Right? How many know we trust things in life? Some things that we don't always even see. Um, <laughs> When you go to the Chinese restaurant or the all-American burger restaurant, wherever you're eating today, how many know there's a level of trust that my food is being prepared in the best way in that kitchen, <laughs> right? Just don't watch any of the Gordon Ramsay shows. You'll find out it's not always as pretty as you think. Like there's a level of trust. Every day we are trusting people and systems every day, aren't we? We're trusting people and systems. And how is it? That we can trust people. We place our life and our children in the hands of, of people that we hardly know, strangers sometimes. But sometimes we struggle trusting the creator of the universe. Like, like, like 
trusting that his ways, that his word is what it says, that he has plans for our life, amen, that he has the best intentions. Sometimes we struggle trusting in the one who, who's coming to our life. But we trust everything else. Lord, I want to learn to trust you, amen. One of the greatest points of advice I could ever give is to trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, amen. Let's stand. As we stand, we're going to read a verse. I, I, I've done this before. At the beginning of a sermon, we would read the scriptures while standing. But I want to read a, a, some of the a Proverbs, just a few verses to close out of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10 and 13. Uh, we, we just, I just said it. I kind of said it before I put it up here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own under, let's say it together, own understanding. Read number six, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight, right? Wisdom, verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. That's like Esther, like cleansing, cleanse me. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Right, the blessing is coming. We're, we're being obedient here. And now, Lord, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. That's just a little bit of what you'll be reading in the book of Proverbs. And, you know, Proverbs gives us vision. It sets parameters in your life, right? Vision sets parameters. Um, in other words... In other words, vision points you. And so I want to pray this morning as we close that, that, God, that you would just point us, give us these parameters, but also give us direction in our life. Like, like it's not enough just to kind of like say, thank you, Lord, for these parameters. I'm just going to live my life just hoping that I don't run into trouble. But, Lord, would you, like, point us in a direction? Like, like give us wisdom, I want, let me pray over parents right now. I just feel it in my heart. Lord, I pray over every parent in this room. I pray you just give them wisdom. We live in a world that there are so many things and so many choices and so many philosophies and so many things that aren't true. I pray that our parents in this room would be filled, Lord God, with this, this level of wisdom that they would speak into their children's lives. They would be the primary voice because your voice is what they're, they're listening to. Lord, I just give thanks for the hard work and the attention for our children that our parents give, but just give them wisdom, wisdom. Lord, I pray in this church, God, give our leaders wisdom. Lord, I pray for every employee or employer in this room, give us wisdom. I pray for marriages, Lord, that you would give husbands and wives wisdom, direction, point us in the right direction, God. And maybe if there's somebody in this room today, you've gone astray, you're kind of just living a mediocre Christianity. It's, just, please don't take this wrong, but it's just not real exciting. Like, like I mean, even to you, you're like, it's, it's okay. It's, I, I know God's given me like, this protection and I, I, he's real, but you just feel like there's more. God, I just pray you would just 
open up their eyes to see that you're always there. You're always there. We don't have to, we don't have to call you down from heaven. Lord, you're, you're always with us. You never leave us and you never forsake us. Lord, I pray for anybody in this room that just, this has kind of become mediocre average. And they're, they're, maybe they're here for another reason. Lord, I pray that every person here would, would be here, God, to, to seek you first. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Give us wisdom. Lord, I pray all week when we are faced with decisions, you will guide us and direct us. Help us know the atmosphere. Help us know who to listen to. Help us, God, give us just like people in our life that will give us godly advice, wisdom. That so, Lord, we may grow and we may experience greater things, greater blessings in our life. In Jesus' name, commit your ways to the Lord. Amen. In closing, I want to read these verses, and I, I wasn't going to do this, but I put it on the PowerPoint in case I did, and I've decided to do it. I want to read these verses over you, and there's about five of them. Go one more, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you, guys. I think we should read them together. Let's get them in our. Let's put these in our spirit. Let's get a deposit right now. Let's do it. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do the next one. A joyful heart is good medicine. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And one more. This is out of the message. I love the way this reads. Seize life. God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Each day is, a God, is God's gift. Make the most of each day. Amen? Let's go with that. Father, we will make the most of today and the most of this week by seizing every opportunity we have to be the good news because you are the good news and you are in us. Lord, I pray you would use us, guide us, lead us, and point us in that direction to a higher purpose and a higher calling, God. Give us that wisdom we need every day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen. Tell you what, you can always greet somebody in the middle of service. Greet people on your way out. Be blessed. And we're so glad you're with us today. If you want prayer, I will be up here. I will pray over you. Have a great day. God bless you.